Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. Uh, my name's Maria Zagala. I'm the Associate Curator of Prints, Drawings and Photographs here at the Art Gallery. And um, it's my pleasure to welcome you to this lunchtime talk in Surrealists at Sea. I just wanted to begin by acknowledging that, that we're meeting on the lands of the Ghana people, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Well, it's a real pleasure to be here today in this superb exhibition, an exhibition that I hope you'll agree with me, really rewards close looking and which is full of mysteries and wonders and maybe reveals the power of art. I'm going to talk today on the drawing practice of the two artists who are featured in this exhibition, Dusan and Wojta Marek. And if you've walked through the exhibition, you will see that drawings feature almost in every room. So drawing was an abiding practice for both artists right to the end of their lives. However, today I'm going to just speak about the works in this room and in particular reflect on these early drawings that the artists made in response to their experience of the homeland, of their homeland, Czechoslovakia, and their experiences of the war and migration. And my talk will speak a bit about those experiences, what we know of them, a bit of their background, and then look more closely at the influence of Czech surrealism on their drawing and then consider some works more closely. So I also, in, in the room today, we also have Wojta Marek's daughter and son. So it feels a bit strange to be telling their family story, but perhaps there's something that happens when that story's removed from the family and presented in public. I guess what strikes me about the brothers' work is its mystery and a sense that despite the enormous difficulty of their experiences, that it's an art that's informed by optimism and the spirit and kind of belief in the power of individuals to transcend the pain that they may have experienced. So the two, three, the Dushan and Wojtemarek were brothers and they had another brother, Eugene, and the three were born in northern Bohemia, a place that is filled with natural beauty, forests, pine forests, spruce forests, and 
a place that's been described as Czeskirai, which means paradise, Czech paradise. And if you've had the pleasure of traveling through Central Europe and found yourself in those forests, I think you will know what I mean. And this sense of the majesty of nature, of all of her creation, of the beauty and intricacy of nature is the basis of the brother's art. And perhaps it's this closeness to nature and also from what I gather was a very loving family home that forms a kind of balustrade through which the brothers could then venture out into the world and explore it and also to somehow also survive uh, its assaults and the very difficult years of the Second World War. So I'm fascinated by the fact that Voigt Marek studied silversmithing from a young age, from 16 to 20, and learnt this craft of working with his hands, with precious metals, and this close, fine work influenced his drawings. And I'll come to that later. And then, precisely in the year that the war broke out, 1939, Voita travelled to Prague to study at the Academy of Fine Arts and studied during those war years, 1939 to 1945 or 44. And he studied history and sculpture. And when he graduated, he entered uh, the his life really, professional life as a sculptor and identified as a sculptor. And Dushan was 13 when the war broke out. So much younger, a very impressionable age. And I love in uh, Elle Freak's curation of this exhibition and in her book, her editing of the book, this, the, way that, the way that the lives of the two brothers are woven together and give you a sense of how close the brothers were nurturing of each other, how much pleasure and fun there was in their exchange, a kind of dependence perhaps, and then that in fact that relationship maybe wasn't straightforward, but it was a source of great creativity, support. And drawing as a medium has always been prized for its expressive qualities and for the ability of it to be direct and allow the artist or whomever, it could be you with your doodling, to let things out, things out that other media 
can't access so easily. It's this directness of the hand, the line, and its ability, if the artist is open to it, of allowing that which is inside out. I was thinking before I started the talk, how could I explain their work as if I needed to, and how hard that was, because to find uh, an interpretation, an answer to the symbols in these drawings is in fact immensely hard. I thought I would start by just describing some of the materiality of these works. Because they're modest in scale, as you can see, these two drawings here, which are by Duchamp, and these little sketches, in this case, by Voiter. They're small, they're, on, they're not on fine paper, it's cheap machine-made paper. This is from a, a notepad with lines on it. So there's no real fetishization of the materials, no sense of I'm sitting down to do a very important work here, one that will be framed, quite the opposite. And on the wall, opposite wall here, Again, you can see how modest the drawings are in their scale. In fact, how really, apart from one which has red ink on it, in fact, colour doesn't feature. And yet, despite the modesty of the scale, these works have immense power. I think their power resides in their proximity to a historical moment in which the brothers were working. And also in the way that both brothers were able to embrace the lessons and wisdoms of surrealism as an art movement to express their experiences. And both brothers were fortunate to be educated and formed during a time of great cultural richness in Czechoslovakia and spirit, so this sense of Prague as a centre of artistic progress and avant-garde practice where the Surrealist movement was born and developed out of a very rich tradition of writing, poetry, and its attachment to the poetic is expressed in these works. The Surrealist movement in Czechoslovakia was strong and influential and had close ties to that in Paris, the French Surrealists. And there was an exchange between the two groups with the French Surrealist founder, Breton, travelling to Prague and giving lectures there on more than one occasion. And he expressed his appreciation of the Czechs to his ideas, their openness, and the magic, really, of the city of Prague. 
And this kind of very fertile ground is in these works. I think also about the brothers coming of age and entering their studies during a period of Nazi occupation, how strange it must have been. And to have those two facts coinciding, the fact of the adventure and the learning, the discovery of ideas and new forms, and all the excitement that your 20s hold, and also at the same time holding the knowledge of the occupation of your homeland by a hostile force and the control and violence that was enacted on the streets and on the population, the fear. So it's, and the war and that violence did touch the Marek family. And in the case of Dushan and Voita, it was their uncle who was in a entertainment or puppetry troupe who was uh, denounced and imprisoned and sent to concentration camp where he died. And his wife and three daughters who were imprisoned and sent to a labour camp for, for uh, the time of the war. So this very close family who experienced the worst was there for both brothers. And this, ex this room, you can see, is titled Love and Liberty because I think it captures, really for what the brothers understood, their art held a role in liberty, their liberty. And they understood that under Nazism, and then in 1948, after the coup d'etat in Czechoslovakia with the communists taking over, their liberty was affected, it was curtailed, and the value they placed on liberty meant they had to leave. And I think if they were raised and held dear the values of surrealism with its emphasis on expressing truth, your truth, your personal truth, what must it have been like to experience the straitjacket of censorship? It's hard for us to know that here in Australia because perhaps we have the opposite problem where there is not that much that can't, that is not that much that is censored. But if you have any experience of growing up in a regime that polices your thoughts and your actions, it's very hard to move out from under it. 
it's very hard actually to live with liberty and to have a sense of a future. So I understand why at you know, the, an age when they would have maybe felt compelled to contribute to the life of their country as young men, that they felt they had to leave. And they were helped in their fleeing by their cousin, Melena, who also helped around 235 people leave Czechoslovakia and find their way to American uh, American um, Germany, where they were able to apply for asylum and move to other countries. So the exhibition begins with their journey on a boat leaving Europe and travelling to Australia. And then when you move into this room, it's a step into the memories of that difficult time. And the exhibition holds a couple of really fascinating drawings. Duchenne's concentration camp here and another drawing called War that capture some of the, I think, pressures of the experience that they've been through. And Voiter's drawings here are from a sketchbook at the Dillenburg Displaced Persons Camp, which is where the brothers and Voiter's girlfriend, Vera, found themselves when they managed to flee their homeland. They spent about four months in Dillenburg. And this sketchbook, I think, is very valuable because it was made on the spot during that time. And so you could call it a primary document. It wasn't made later, it was made in the moment. And in it, Voita uses the kind of convention of caricature to draw his fellow, I was going to say inmates of the Dillenburg camp, but it, it's not exactly inmates, they're his companions. Everyone thrown together, probably in confined quarters, waiting to know their fate. Where would they be accepted? Where could they apply for asylum? And Voiter's drawings, I think, capture some of the absurdity of that time, the tension. And he uses, I think, the distancing technique of caricature to get across the difficulty, the psychological pressure of what must have been days and days together. And he's written on the drawings. And the drawings have been translated, which is wonderful, and the translations appear on the labels. And, you know, in the drawings, you see these very fine, noble faces, these intellectuals who are trying to say something about their situation. And, you know, one of them says, I have no fundamental objections, but I would like to point out something briefly. And the next one might be, 
Certainly, friends. Just one moment. I'll explain everything. And this, just this sense of like the endless circular talk, these extremely clever, clever people who can't actually intellectually get out of this situation and drawings of a baby with a dummy in its mouth on a toilet with the line, emigrant baby, perhaps reflecting on the sense of how infantilised you are when you have a sense of no choice in your situation. So this kind of wonderful... Uh, these drawings really provide an entryway into an intense and pressured moment. I was struck reading the journals of Duchenne and Wojta Marek on their journey across the seas to Australia, how different the two brothers were, and sure, they would be, with seven years between them, such different levels of maturity. And Wojta's writing, it's very beautiful, full of longing for his fiance, girlfriend, and also with a real desire to not dwell on what he has left behind, but real with a sense of disdain, almost, um, for what people can do to each other. And Dushan's writing, much younger, is full of kind of pleasure, you know, in the sea, in the sights, the excitement of what he has seen, not carrying a heaviness at all. And so it's quite surprising to look at his drawings because, in fact, he was able to present in his works a very disturbing vision with a condensed kind of image-making that presents the torturous nature of what maybe had been experienced, if not him directly, then he's expressive of the kind of debasement and cruelty that the violence of those who had lived through the Nazi occupation endured. And in this Biro drawing, and I love that he loved Biro, there is two figures playing the violin in the foreground, and in the back, someone is firing bullets. And there's kind of a frenzy, a frenzy of the need to keep creating despite the war. And in concentration camp, in this drawing, he has drawn a prisoner with breasts and a penis, which has been castrated, and the figure is being watched by a guard and is trying to fillet a penis on a stage in front of him or her. It's such a strange drawing, and there's, I would say, perhaps it was, you know, made as a kind of testing out of a thought, but I'm intrigued that there is another drawing 
almost identical in the National Gallery of Australia collection. So, in fact, he was reworking the same idea. And even though it looks pretty freely drawn and easily dashed off, in fact, it was something that he really reworked and worked again in different way. And the second drawing has a piece of writing on it, which I just find intriguing as well. At the bottom of the second drawing is in his script, he's written, she often tells herself that she doesn't enjoy it here anymore. And occasionally she remembers the natural history class where her teacher told them about plants, taming the passion of carnivorous plants. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't know how to interpret that. It's so unusual. I will say, though, that plants and biomorphic forms do appear repeatedly in Duchamp's drawings. And on that wall over there, you can see some marvellous examples. And he made those drawings in 1949 or maybe 1951 when he was living in King's Cross in Sydney. And they are really of fragmented bodies and forms. So animals or human, it's hard to tell. But the bodies have been pulled apart, maybe as you might see on a battlefield. So I did mention at the start of the talk that the brothers' art, in fact, is very, I think, informed by an optimism. And I really do believe that, even though here we see them accessing the hardest and most difficult aspects of their experience. But on the other side of this room, after my talk, I urge you to have a look at a series of drawings that Voiter made in 19, around 1951, which he exhibited in 1952 in his first solo exhibition in Adelaide. Now, that exhibition had 10 sculptures in it, but 42 drawings. So you see just how much he valued his work as a draftsman. And you'll notice the drawings are made on white paper with a black pen, very simple outline. And there's this marvellous mark making that is full of clusters of lines that evoke the sense of metal work, of working in metal. And I think that's kind of, you see the kind of heritage of his early training. And kind of love of fairy tale and mythology, where Voita seems to be tapping into a really wide variety of stories that convey some of that feeling, the feeling that he might have had in those years of processing the war. So I might end my talk there just by saying that it's every room presents a different uh, inflection of the artist's art and 
it's really worth spending the time with the drawings because I think with that medium, both artists took, well, innate, allowed themselves to open up and show something um, very, very personal. Thank you. <laughs>